You're tuned to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcasted live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for almost 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, folks, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Hello, East Tennessee. Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and this weekend, we celebrate the 4th of July, Independence and Freedom. I love this holiday. I know most of us do. I I love the entire time of year, celebrating the 4th with family and friends. It really does fill me with pride and feelings of patriotism as I see the United States flag on display. I smell the aroma of a good barbecue. I don't know about you. I'm doing couple of big pork butts tomorrow, Boston butts, uh, doing a couple uh, with a Caribbean flair to them, and watching fireworks. When I think of our freedoms, we certainly owe military veterans an unending debt of gratitude. And any time we celebrate something patriotic, I think of those that have served. Uh, My dad served. He served in the Navy back in the late 40s. He served for just a little bit of overlap with the Korean War conflict. We've got several friends uh, that served in the Marine Corps, a couple that served in the Army. You know, veterans give their lives in service to our country and our freedoms, and many fight on the battlefield to provide aid across the world and then come home and continue giving as part of their daily lives. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm honored to be joined by Alex Groff. He is a U.S. Army veteran and he's a member of Team Rubicon. Good morning, Alex. Welcome to the show today, and happy 4th of July. Good morning, Jim. Happy 4th of July to you. It's so great to have you on our show. Alex, I first well, want to thank you for your service to our country. You served in the Army. Um, when did you start? How did you start your military career, and when did you serve, and where did you serve? Well, actually, I started off in the Air Force. Uh, I joined when I was 17. Uh, turned 18 while I was in basic training, uh, spent a little over seven years active duty Air Force and wanted to continue my service to the country. And there just happened to be an Army National Guard base not too far from where I was living. So I joined the Army National Guard. That was and in so 89. And, you uh, served, and how long did you serve in the Army? A little over 19 years and eight months. Uh, they medicaled me out because I was no longer deployable due to my service over in Iraq in 0405. Well, like so I say, my, thank you my for last your service. Position, oh, it, it was most of the time it was my pleasure. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, a lot of sacrifices for the family. I uh, could not have done it without my wife, uh, Holly. Uh, she was there on the home front taking care of the house and the kids and everything else. So that made my life a lot easier. If you don't have a strong support group, you you can't do what you need to do. Yeah, that's well said. Now, you work with Team Rubicon, a group of veterans who continue giving of themselves in the wake of natural disasters and humanitarian crises. 
both in the U.S. and around the world. Tell us a little more about Team Rubicon. Well, Team Rubicon is probably one of the, the best organizations I've ever been involved with. Uh, it was started in 2010 uh, when Jake Wood and a bunch of his Marine buddies went to Haiti in the aftermath of the earthquakes down there. Um, they saw a need to go, so they went and they took care of business, you know, just like most military people do. They had a mission, they go take care of it. That was eight individuals in 2010. Currently, we have over 140,000 volunteers worldwide. And uh, I'm we sorry, can you say that number again? 140,000 volunteers worldwide. Wow. And, um, you know, we, we have all kinds of military personnel from privates to generals uh, and everybody in between. But the, but the really cool thing about it is there's no rank in Team Rubicon. Everybody is a gray shirt. That's what we call Team Rubicon members because we all wear a gray shirt with our, our name or nickname on the front of it. So it doesn't matter. You know, I've, I've worked alongside, you know, full bird colonels who were, you know, 70, 80 years old who worked me into the dirt. I could not keep up with them. Uh, but it doesn't matter what your rank was in the military. When Team Rubicon, you're a gray shirt. You're there to get stuff done and uh, help out people who have been, you know, hit with a natural disaster and is one of their, you know, worst days of their lives, and we're there to provide help for them. So natural disasters happen everywhere, uh, the U.S. and around the world, from fires to hurricanes. How quickly are your teams able to respond? And wasn't that one of the things that motivated y'all uh, when when it got started in 2010 with Haiti. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there are times when we're on the ground while the event is still happening. Uh, those are our advanced recon teams that go out to recon the site and do route clearance. So the local authorities can actually get around and get to the house uh, to help people. So we can respond in less than 24 hours, but typically a larger mission might take us two to three days to actually spin up and notify people and get all of our logistics in place. And it can be, like you said, a tornado, a hurricane, it can be a flood. Uh, we also do a lot of mitigation events where, you know, wildfire mitigation will we'll go in to the local community at the request of the, the local uh, managers and we'll do cut fire lines and clear brush so that way a fire does not impact the community if it was to happen. And this past year, 2021 has been, or 2020 into 2021, has really put a damper on a lot of our events because we couldn't do in-person training or a lot of in-person events except for actual disasters. So we stepped into the arena a little bit further and started doing vaccination support as well, you know, helping with these vaccination sites to get people you know, prepared to deal with the COVID-19. Sure. We're visiting with Alex Groff. He's with Team Rubicon, a great veterans organization, 140,000 worldwide. That's amazing. I would imagine, Alex, that the, the structure of military operations really plays a part in helping the efficiency of Team Rubicon. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it helps in the initial stages of a disaster relief? Well, one thing about uh, military veterans, and first let me emphasize that while we're mostly military veterans, about 90% of us are, um, we've also got a lot of first responders, firefighters, policemen, EMTs, medics, nurses, doctors, and other really kicktail civilians uh, who join. So you don't have to be a veteran to be a member of Team Rubicon. Uh, you just have to have a willingness to serve. 
But being a veteran, you know, you come with a certain set of skills and a certain attitude that you have a, a mission to perform. And our mission is to help the disaster areas and the disaster zones. Uh, one of our mottos is mission first and gray shirts always. And what that means is we're there to do the mission and get the mission done. But gray shirts always is part of that same byline because our mission is also to make sure that every one of our gray shirts goes home with what they arrived with as far as eyes, fingers, toes. Um, but the discipline and the, the charge ahead attitude that we developed in the military helps us tremendously in the field when we deploy to disaster ops. Because let's face it, when you go on those ops, it's not pretty. You're not staying in a four-star hotel. Uh, if you're fortunate or lucky, you know, you, you might have a church group, you know, give you a gym that you can sleep in. You know, last year they went to the Bahamas and there was nothing, not even water. Uh, so they were taking baths and, you know, in the ocean to try to get somewhat clean. Um, but, you know, it's the mentality that you develop in the military that allows you to keep moving forward to get the mission done. That's just tremendous to hear about. Um, now, I tell you what, Alex, we're going to get to our uh, first break. I want to mention a couple of things that we're going to get into. Um, the, 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 the length of time you actually serve in some of these communities that have been devastated by natural disasters is pretty remarkable. It's not just in the heat of the moment. It's all of it. Um, I also do want to mention, I, as we were speaking, I pulled up Team Rubicon's uh, rating at Charity Navigator. Charity Navigator is a great uh, organization to be able to see what these charities, how fiscally responsible are they with the money that they get to serve. And they do have a four-star charity rating. Their score is 98.23 uh, and has continued to rise in the, in the last three or four years. But it's always been four-star in the last three or four years since they've been getting that rating. So that's the highest star, star rating you can get with Charity Navigator. And basically that means they're, they're transparent, they're accountable with their financials. Uh, and they have outstanding financials. Most of the money goes to work directly for the people they serve. Uh, don't worry, Alex. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the financial part of this. But I did want to just mention well, that because you were talking about what a great organization it is. Well, I would like to mention, you know, we have certain core values. And one of our core values is your mother is a donor. Uh, and what that means is spend Team Rubicon money as if it was your mother's money. And nobody wants to make their mom mad. <laughs> So we're very, you know, judicious in how we spend our money. We try not to waste it and make sure that every dollar we receive, every dime we receive goes directly towards the support of homeowners and people who have been involved in a disaster. Well, I think that's tremendous. And, you know, being a financial guy, the, you know, that's obviously one of the, when we support organizations, that's one of the, one of the big things among others, but that's one of the big things that we look at. And that's an outstanding score. Again, it is the highest score the four stars that you can get with Charity Navigator for both financial accountability and transparency as well as use of resources. So when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about how Team Rubicon serves communities both initially and for an extended period of time, how they work with FEMA. We're going to get into a lot of great things. What a great organization that brings veterans together to bring military-like efficiency to disaster relief. So stay stay with us. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. 
Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living. I'm Jim Brogan. You're listening to News Talk 98.7 WOKI. We're visit. We're with you every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. And again, at from 3 to 4 p.m., you can also catch all of our podcasts uh, where you can listen to all our shows and our dollars and cents segments at broganfinancial.com. Click on radio. Today, in the spirit of 4th of July, we're, we're talking to Team Rubicon, Alex Groff, great veterans organization that serves communities with disaster relief. And it's a great organization that brings military-like efficiency uh, to disaster relief. Uh, what are some of the natural disasters you've helped with, Alex? Well, the uh, the first national disaster I went on was after Hurricane Michael hit Florida. Uh, that was probably some of the worst devastation I've seen since Iraq. Um, it was real heartbreaking. I went down there and I helped with chainsaw operations, helping do route clearance so the county deputies could actually get into the homes and check on people and verify that everything was okay. Uh, that was probably one of the hardest hit communities I've seen ever. Um, and there was nothing, no power, no water. Trees were blocking just about every road. People could not move. And um, so we went down there and we helped the people there in Mariana, Florida. And we had another team down in Mexico Beach, was, which was completely wiped out. Um, and there was nothing, just foundation. That was it. So that was the first one I went on. And I've been on multiples since then. I've been to back down to Florida in the Pensacola area after the hurricane came through there and then went over to Mobile, Alabama to help out with, you know, the same hurricane. Um, you know, and I've been to Northern Alabama, I've been to Southern Georgia, uh, you know, helping out with hurricanes and tornadoes. Uh, one of the, the most devastating ones emotionally for me was Cookville, Tennessee, you know, when the tornado came through there. Uh, there were a lot of people, you know, they didn't get very much notice at all. And we're talking seconds of notice that the tornado was coming through. So there were a lot of unfortunate deaths involved in that. And that's, that's very hard when you show up in a community to help them. And, you know, you're talking to a homeowner and, you know, about what we can do to help them. And then you realize that they lost four of their family members and that just changes everything for you. I mean, it just, you know, it, it's hard to deal with. Um, and that's where some of our, our mindset of mission first, gray shirts always, you know, helps us get through those emotional times. And it's, it's a very solemn time because we're there to do a job, but at the same time, we're also there to support the community and help them out and let them know that, Hey, you're not alone. You know, we're here to help you and provide you with assistance. And it doesn't have to be just, you know, tree clearing or house muck outs or debris management. We're here for you emotionally as well. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's just very gratifying when you have a homeowner come up afterwards, you know, and they've got tears in their eye and they're just so full of gratitude that someone is there. Because let's face it, um, FEMA can take a long time to get there. Uh, sometimes they don't get there. And a lot of communities are forgotten about. And we try to make sure that they're not. Sure. And that's what I was kind of referring to is that you all are able to respond, mobilize, and get into the areas quickly. And I know that was born out of the Haiti uh, concerns back in 2010. Now, you mentioned, Alex, you're a chainsaw specialist. 
So what does someone do as a specialist? And are, and are most of the people involved with Team Rubicon a specialist in something? Um, well, I'm, I'm actually a chainsaw instructor. Uh, I, I teach other Team Rubicon members how to properly operate a chainsaw safely. Um, when we first started our chainsaw program in Moore, Oklahoma, um, you know, we had a bunch of cowboys out there, you know, hard chargers. You know, it was basically, hey, does anybody know how to run a chainsaw? Yep, I know how to run a chainsaw. And they'd go out there and they cut. And we realized that there were a lot of safety issues in, in the way people were cutting and managing uh, the saw operations. So Team Rubicon worked in conjunction with Still USA to create a chainsaw safety program. And all of our sawyers have to go through this training program where they are taught how to properly operate a chainsaw, you know, safely, you know, using the proper uh, protective equipment, the proper techniques. And that's to ensure that, you know, gray shirts always, that the gray shirts go home safely with all the eyes, fingers, and toes sure. they arrived with. And also to make sure that we don't do something out of our scope and cause more damage than was there when we arrived. And because, you know, we've got Marines, we've got Air Force, we've got Army, we've got Navy. So, in the Air Force, you have an AFSC. In the Army, you have an MOS. In the Navy, you have a rate. Um, we all speak different languages. You know, you got TDY for temporary duty or TAD, temporary assignment of duty. Um, so we want to make sure everyone's speaking the same language uh, when it comes to chainsaw operations. And then uh, in addition to chainsaws, we also have what we call core ops. Those are the people who go in and do uh, minor field expedient home repairs to homes. So we've got specialists in that area as well. And what they do is they'll, they'll do roof tarping or, you know, repair a door or repair a walkway. So that way people can safely access their homes. Uh, we also have a group of what we call the HEOs, the heavy equipment operators. And they'll go in and they'll either assist the sawyers with debris management, or if the house is beyond recovery, we will actually demolish the house for the homeowner you know, saving them thousands of dollars in demo costs. And every single one of these programs, you have to go through an actual Team Rubicon certified training program in order to be able to do that. Sounds like tremendous organization. Um, hey, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on down in Miami area. We're watching the Surfside condo disaster unfold. Alex, what is the process of rescue and recovery like when you have a building collapse like that? Well, I really can't speak on that. Uh, Team Rubicon is not currently involved in that operation. Uh, that's outside of our scope. Um, you know, we'll let the professionals deal with the rescue and recovery operation. Um, that's just not something that we're certified or qualified to do. So you're more um, in the rebuilding, uh, kind of helping people rebuild. Yes, sir. Is that a good way to say um, that? So in the middle of the disaster, when it's search and rescue, that's going to be a, you, you all aren't going to be involved in that, but then you'd be involved in the recovery, right? Or the rebuilding? The only thing, yeah, the only thing we would be involved in in search and rescue would be to providing uh, additional support to the actual fire, police, EMTs, maybe doing traffic control or setting up a logistics center to help them make sure they have what they need in order to do their mission. And there are lines and there are boundaries, and, you know, we got to stay in our own lane. And, you know, doing active recovery ops is not within our lane.
do. I know the focus for Team Rubicon, or my understanding, Alex, is it's underserved populations in areas that are overlooked by traditional aid. First, is that correct, and how does your organization identify those needs? Well, I mean, we serve everyone, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, economic background, social status, whatever. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, if they're people and they're in need, we're going to help them. With that being said, we do try to concentrate more on the the more disadvantaged communities because, um, you know, the other communities, they typically get larger amounts of help from other organizations and volunteers. So we try to, to attack the more underserved communities. And we do that by sending out recon advanced teams. Uh, you know, we go out, we'll send a, a two-person crew or a four-person crew out, and they'll drive through these disaster zones to make a determination, is, is this an area that we can help? Do they already have help? No, they do not. Do they need our help? Yes, they do. And we work with the, the local emergency managers in the area, and we'll talk to them and find out where do you need us the most. And then that's how we know where to go. Sure. That, that sounds great. Um, now I mentioned in the first segment there, Alex, that Team Rubicon, you help in the recovery stages of a disaster, but you also stay often long after for the rebuilding phase. So how important is that? Uh, is it that your response team be a part of all that, the, the actual rebuilding over a number of months or even even years? Well, I, a good example is Houston. We are still currently in Houston after the massive hurricane and flooding they had there years ago, uh, helping rebuild homes. Uh, that operation has been ongoing continuously since then. Uh, a lot of these communities that are impacted or hit, uh, the homeowners do not have insurance. They have nothing. Um, and the only help they're going to get is by volunteer organizations like Team Rubicon, where we go in and we help them rebuild their homes. Um, you know, do the muck outs, prepare it for a contractor to come in, you know, saving, you know, thousands of dollars to the homeowner that they just simply do not have. So it's very important that we stick around and continue to help. Because most of the time, an organization will show up, they will do all the stuff for the TV and the news and the cameras, and then they leave because they got their five minutes of coverage. When they're gone, we're still there on the ground a lot of times, still taking care of business and still helping the homeowners out because the mission's not done. Yeah, I think that's a great lesson for all of us because, you know, when, when it comes to disaster relief, we're all focused on it in those early phases. And then, you know, but then it, it, it sometimes takes years, as you mentioned, in Houston. So it's great that you all are there for all of that. Um, I'm going to get to my next break. When we come back, we're going to have more uh, with how they work with, uh, with how Team Rubicon works with the federal agency, FEMA, and other organizations, local churches, support organizations. We'll also have our dollars and cents segment. More and more Americans are worrying that Social Security will run out of money during their lifetimes, especially since the pandemic. So stay tuned. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. And welcome back to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. As you listen to News Talk 98.7 WOKI on this 4th of July weekend, we're visiting with 
Team Rubicon, just a tremendous organization. Alex Groff is on with us. He served in both the Air Force and the Army National Guard. And we're talking about they mobilize veterans and other first responders uh, for disaster relief. They have a four-star rating on Charity Navigator, which, which uh, is their highest rating. And that indicates financial stewardship and accountability and transparency, which is great. Uh, so we're learning more about what they do to serve communities. Uh, before we get back to Alex, it is time for Dollars and Cents. Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now... Here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. More than 70% of American adults worry about the Social Security program running out of money during their lifetime, according to the Nationwide Retirement Institute's 8th Annual Social Security Consumer Survey, which was released this week on Wednesday. And the COVID-19 pandemic has contributed to this pessimistic outlook. Nearly 6 in 10 Americans, 59%, say they worry more now than they did before about Social Security running out of money, according to the online survey. And, you know, the fact that the Social Security trustees, they have yet to issue their annual report on the long-term solvency of the program. And that's not helping matters. It has been over a year since the trustees issued their last report in April of 2020. And that report, projected, which projected the combined reserves of the retirement, survivor, and disability programs with Social Security, would be depleted in 2035 unless Congress steps in. And in that report, which was April of last year, Social Security would be able to pay only 79% of projected benefits from ongoing payroll tax revenue, um, which I guess potentially could result in a 21% across-the-board cut in benefits for all beneficiaries. I don't think that's likely to happen. Uh, but that report in April of 2020 did not reflect the potential impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and social security watchers are anxiously awaiting an updated forecast since we've seen the economic effect of the pandemic. So what does this mean? I don't think it means social security is going to go away. I'm not a gloom and doom guy. I think social security is going to be there. Uh, I think that it's unlikely if you're over 60 years old today, and more than likely, if you're over 55, I think it's unlikely that your benefits would be changed in a very significant way. I do think it's likely, even if you're already over age 60, that there could be additional taxation of your Social Security benefit, which is really a form of means testing. See, right now, the more income you make, the more of your Social Security that is taxed. But regardless of how much you make, at least 15% of your Social Security income is tax-free. I think that's likely to change, even if you're already retired. But that would not be a significant change, like a significant reduction in benefits. Uh, 
Uh, I could see more means testing down the line where they may say if you make over a certain type of income, you get a reduced benefit. I absolutely could see that even if you're over 60. For younger folks, things like raising the retirement age, which would effectively decrease your benefit by either, you know, anywhere from probably 15 to 20%, I think that could happen. So what this means is not that, in my view, Social Security is not going to be there for you. It's more the fact that as time goes on, you're going to have to, in my view, re re rely more and more on your own withdrawal income in retirement from savings and investments, your own income planning, in order to provide for the income that you need. You know, if you just look at the inflationary impact on Social Security benefits, while Social Security does increase every year for cost of living, even with those benefits since 2000, in terms of the average Social Security benefit, the recipient today can only buy about two-thirds of what they could buy in 2020. Even with the, re the increases in income, they've lost a third of their purchasing power due to inflation. So when you add all this up, it's likely to be even worse in the future, I think, with some combination of inflation and reduction in benefits. So it just means your income plan has got to be focused in the long term at replacing or uh, uh, supplementing your other sources of retirement income. So be sure that you've got a good plan that can provide growth of income in the long term because it's going to be very, very important to have growth of income, in my view, with these challenges. That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com. Do please check us out at BroganFinancial.com. You can click on radio and hear all of our radio shows uh, within the last couple of years, year, year and a half at least. You can also hear my dollars and cents segment like I just did. You can hear all of them. We also have our retirement minute that airs this week on this station uh, throughout the week. Uh, you can get those. And then we have blogs. If you click on blog, you can get video blogs and written blogs. You can also click on resources. We've got some complimentary downloads. One of those downloads that you can get of complimentary is on Social Security filing and Social Security strategy. Uh, we got a great birthday guide about important birthdays as you age and how it affects your financial plan. Also, tax planning in the new age, more and more important in retirement with where we're headed in the future, in my opinion. So check all that out. Take advantage of the resources that we provide online because I want you to be able to make informed and prudent decisions that can impact the quality of your life. So again, go to BroganFinancial.com. Also, if you want to talk to me directly, we can schedule a 15-minute phone conference, or we could schedule you a consultation to come into my office. Uh, you can do all of that at our website at BroganFinancial.com. This morning, we're visiting with Alex Groff. He is with Team Rubicon, a tremendous organization of veterans, primarily veterans, some other first responders that help mobilize and serve areas, especially in areas that maybe aren't getting the resources of larger areas, but they serve everybody, as Alex has covered with us, uh, to help serve in disaster relief. Um, Alex, I mentioned FEMA. How do, do you work with agencies like FEMA? Obviously, that's a huge bureaucratic organization. 
you try to get to the scene a lot more quickly than FEMA. But but do you work with FEMA in the law in the short and long run, or other agencies? Yes, sir, we do. Yes, sir, we do. Uh, we actually operate under FEMA guidance and fee management. Um, they don't really manage us, but we use the same command system they use. It's called the Incident Command System. Uh, so we have to attend the classes, the Incident Command System 100, 200, 300, 400, you know, a whole bunch of classes in order to become certified for our command and general staff to actually operate the same way FEMA operates. And this is a huge advantage that our organization provides the communities over some of the other volunteer organizations because every man hour we spend volunteering to a community, we document that. That documentation is then compiled and turned over to FEMA, and then the community receives extra disaster funds based on how many volunteer hours were provided to the community. So that helps them you know, get more money for recovery operations. Yeah, that's great. I guess because you're being able to provide that relief and it's not coming out of the FEMA coffer, so then they can allow more, right? Is that the thinking? Um, I believe so, but I'm not real sure about that. It makes makes sense because y'all are providing more relief in place of what FEMA would be doing uh, to supplement them, or maybe that's a better term. So it seems like that would probably be why they allocate more dollars. That's a great thing. Now, once veterans, Alex – oh, go ahead. I was going to say – we work within the FEMA framework and, you know, we're doing missions that, like you said, they may not be able to do because they don't have people who are, you know, chainsaw operators or heavy equipment operators. You know, they're more of a management organization, whereas we provide the raw manpower for them. So we still work under their guidance uh, and their framework of documentation in order to make sure that the communities get the best service they can get and the most support they can get. Does that make now, sense? Do you all work a lot with uh... You mentioned churches sometimes will provide gymnasiums to be able to sleep in, whatever the case may be. I know a lot of churches do a lot of disaster relief, especially after that initial surge of support. They come in after and really help rebuild as well. Do you do a lot of cooperative efforts with local churches? Uh, yes, we do. Um, you know, the Southern Baptist Men's Association, we've worked with them before. There's another group called Inspiritus. Uh, that we've we've worked with side by side, you know, and they've helped us out. We've helped them out. Um, anything we can do to help the community recover from the disasters even better. Uh, that's what we're there for. Um, sure. And it's not just major disasters that we, we help with. And we also have a lot smaller operations, which we call service projects. It may just be four gray shirts go over to a house and help them build a wheelchair ramp for a disabled person. You know, we'll do that, or it could be, you know, clearing up a cemetery in the local community, or it could be helping repair a playground at a local school. So it's not just major natural disasters that we provide help with. We try to provide help any way we can, even if it's just one person. You know, we'll try to provide the the assistance that's needed. We're visiting this morning with Alex Groff with Team Rubicon on this 4th of July weekend. When we come back, we'll have more with Alex. Stay tuned. Also, how can you help? Because there are still communities. Of course, the immediate is the collapse in Surf City down near Florida or Miami. But there are ongoing needs with a lot of these areas that have had disasters even years ago. Uh, So stay tuned. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. 
Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Thanks for tuning in. This is More Living right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan. We're July 4th weekend. What a great, and it looks like it's just going to be gorgeous today, tomorrow, even Monday. One thing I love about Sunday uh, being July 4th is so many businesses are closed on Monday. So we've got an extra day there on the back end to have a great holiday weekend. I know we're closed at Brogan Financial on July the 5th in observance of the July 4th holiday. Remember our veterans. Our veterans were willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice uh, to serve this country and maintain, win our freedoms and maintain our freedoms. Now, a tremendous veterans organization is Team Rubicon, uh, which has been around for now for, I guess, 11 years, since 2010. We have Alex Groff on with Team Rubicon. They mobilize veterans, mostly, and some other first responders to help serve communities in disaster relief. Um, I do want to hit one thing, Alex, that we haven't hit yet, and that's the fact that once veterans return from active duty, you know, many struggle with adjusting to civilian life. So how important, and that could be a variety of reasons, uh, including PTSD, but other reasons too. So how important is it for veterans to have a sense of community with other veterans when they return from deployment or even combat missions? Oh, it's critical. Absolutely critical. Um, once I left the military, I floundered around like a fish. Um, I actually tried to take care of it by attempting to end my life. And that's part of the, the issues I dealt with because we lose oh so many veterans. We lose so many veterans, you know, from trauma they've suffered, whether it's diagnosed PTSD or not. Cause you know, in the military, you have a sense of purpose. You have a sense of mission. Uh, you know where you are, you know what you're supposed to be doing. And then when you get out and then you're dealing with, all the, the stuff you dealt with in the military and then you go to the civilian world and nobody knows their place. Nobody knows their mission. Nobody knows what's going on and they can't relate to you for what you've gone through. So I, I floundered for years and years and years after I got out. And then I heard about team Rubicon on the radio uh, when we had some wildfires up in Gatlinburg and I decided to check them out. And I can honestly say, I think the fellowship and the brotherhood the sisterhood that I found in Team Rubicon has probably saved my life. Uh, it gives me a sense of purpose. It gives me a sense of wow. community, of belonging. And, you know, it's you go out on these missions not just to help the local communities, but it also helps you go out and refuel your own soul and give you a reason to still be here on Earth. I mean, we joined the military because we desired to serve our communities, serve our nation, or maybe not, maybe just to get college. But you still ended up being a part of something larger than you were. And then when you lose that, it's devastating. So Team Rubicon has helped find that for me and for many other veterans I've, I've spoken to about it. When you go out on these ops, you can meet somebody for the first time that you've never, ever met. You know, I met several Canadians when I was down in Panama, or Panama City area, Pensacola, that, you know, they were Canadian veterans. And it's like I'd known them all my life, you know, because even though we were in different militaries, not even the same country as militaries, we had still gone through the, the same stuff. And that yeah. was better for my soul and better 
therapy than any, you know, therapy session I could possibly have gone to because we understand each other. Wow. I, I imagined that that would be a significant piece of this, but the way you've expressed that is really kind of blows me away, to be quite honest with you, Alex. T uh, I want to mention Team Rubicon. Alex has a mentorship program called the Clay Hunt Fellows Program. Can you tell us more about that? Well, Clay Hunt was one of the founding members of Team Rubicon. Um, unfortunately, you know, he succumbed to his own personal demons, and he did commit suicide. And the Clay Hunt Fellowship Program is a program developed within Team Rubicon that helps helps teach, you know, gray shirts leadership, how to be a good leader, and how to manage, you know, other volunteers. Because that's very difficult to do because we're volunteers. We're not paid. We get no money. And it's different managing unpaid volunteers than it is to manage, you know, employees or military members who have rank. So it's a program that teaches them about leadership and organization and just generally how to be a, a good person for Team Rubicon and for our communities. That sounds awesome, too. Um, Alex, can non-military become a member of Team Rubicon? Well, absolutely. We talked about that earlier. Uh, you know, only about 90% of us are veterans, and we still have some active duty people who are part of Team Rubicon as well. But anyone, regardless of age, gender, abilities, it does not matter. You know, we take everyone because there's always a job that they can do. It could be remote support on how to process the various reports we get for disaster areas. It can be logistics support. Uh, it can be financial support, you know, managing the back end of our finances. So, you know, you don't have to be strong and physically capable to be part of Team Rubicon because we have a job for everybody. And How can people, Alex, learn? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, we're about no, out of time. Fine. How can people learn more about Team Rubicon to get involved, whether it's to actually get involved with their time or with their money? How can people get in, learn more? Well, we're, we're, we're not a Jeep club. A lot of people think that when they hear Rubicon. <laughs> Uh, but uh, if you go to TeamRubiconUSA.org, you can learn all about our mission, the missions we've performed, what we've done, and what we're going to continue to do. Uh, we continuously improve. We continuously change, um, you know, trying to get better, you know, learning. As we go along, we learn and learn. But that's TeamRubiconUSA.org. And if you'd like to give a donation, you can do it on that page. Uh, there's a button there that you can click and you can actually donate money to team rubicon because everything we provide for the community is at no charge to the community uh, we don't charge the homeowners anything and that surprises a lot of people we show up on their door say hey we're here to help and they say well no i can't afford it it's like no you don't understand it costs nothing but we so can team, only do that when people well, donate money with resources right and as i mentioned earlier right. in the show with charity navigator they have a four-star rating which is the highest rating you can have it's a combination of financial fiscal responsibility and also transparency and accountability go to teamrubiconusa.org to find out more i want to go there as soon as and and get more involved myself so alex groff thank you so much again you can find out more at teamrubiconusa.com to today we've discussed patriotism because a greater community and a greater country 
provides more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Thank you, Chris, engineering the show. Thank you, Jill, producing the show. You've been listening to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.